Hello and welcome to episode Jason Spezza of the Cost for Pointcast. I'm your host, Trevor Shackles. With me today is another friend of the show, Silver Seven Sins colleague, Callum Fraser. Callum, how's it going in the middle of this boring off-season? Oh, it's great. I'm working a lot. I'm uh, not doing anything Sens-related. I need a huge break after that playoff run. Uh, so is it Jason Spezza, early Jason Spezza, or late Jason Spezza? Are you on 39 or 19? Oh, I wish I was on 39. It's only on 19. Well, you can use it twice, I guess, then. I guess I can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who... Wait, somebody... Oh, I'm always bad with numbers. Somebody's 19 on the team right now, aren't they? Uh Oh, Broussard. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, but Spets is better, so picked him instead. Um, yeah, so uh, pretty boring off season so far. But uh, I mean, we got a few things to talk about, um, so we might as well start with what they did on on July first. Uh, Senators signed Nate Thompson to a two year deal with a cap hit of one point six five million. In case you were living under a rock, and he also received a ten team no trade clause, which is great. Uh, I, I know your general thoughts on the signing, but uh, let's hear what you have to actually say in person about it. Yeah, I mean, pretty blatant. It's pretty uh, ridiculous that, you know, you put out all this money for a guy that has nine goals in, in three years and a guy that, you know, has been back and forth between the AHL. Obviously, that was a bit of rehab, but still he's, he's a, a very, very borderline player. And I heard a bit of, you know, one, the reasons why they brought him in. Well, obviously, it's Guy Boucher having him in Tampa, but also that he had a, a, a fantastic playoff run with the Anaheim Ducks. And yeah. I, I immediately went to his stats afterwards, and I was like, wow, okay, this so guy probably scored like six or seven goals, had ten points, or maybe, you know, because they, they played three rounds, and he scored two goals, had four assists uh, in 17 games. So I, I don't really get why you're paying the guy 1.65 um over two years, giving him no trade clause. Like, that that was the thing that really, you know, kind of, like, who who do you think asked for that? Do you think, was it Thompson that asked for that, or did the Sens offer it, or, like, what, what like, to, to try and bring him here? I, I I don't know why a guy like that would need a trade clause. I have no idea. With a, with a contract like that, right? It just, it just kind of seems a bit weird, 32 years old, and coming to play for a guy like Guy Boucher that is never going to ever want you to get traded. Like, if you know... <clears throat> for outsiders and players that you know haven't played for the centers lately if you know what Guy Boucher thinks of Tom Pyatt you know that Nate Thompson is going nowhere over the next two years he is staying in Ottawa he's playing a hell of a lot uh, he's going to get a lot of third line and fourth line minutes and you know hopefully he scores more than three goals than we're expecting him to do next season so I mean I, I I like to bring up this. Uh, I think it was Dom. I don't know how to say his last name. I don't. I don't even think he Le knows Chizin how to say it. or something. Yeah, who um, does a lot of stuff for the hockey news. Uh, a lot of really good visualization for you know people that are either super into analytics or have no idea what it what it looks like or sorry what it, what it's supposed to be. It just looks really really cool. And you know he he did this thing where it was additions in the off season. You know what teams are improving by either adding players, what teams are improving uh, by getting rid of players, yeah, I saw that. and decreasing by getting rid of also. So the Senators improved, but not by adding players they actually um they actually decreased <laughs> they decreased their chances of making the playoffs by adding nate thompson and improving by letting uh chris neal go I'm, I'm assuming that you know they'll also improve once chris kelly has his pro tryout and they let him go as well um but that was that was kind of telling of, of that day right they, they signed a bunch of ahl guys which they tend to do and then they brought this guy nate thompson in who 
immediately has a seemingly negative impact because they the, the senators just seem to be going nowhere and it's not a huge impact like that I, I get that too i understand people saying oh it's just nate thompson it's just this but especially on this team it was a budget team you need to sign eric carlson you need to sign mark stone kyle turris you can't be paying your fourth line guys this much money over two years and giving them these contracts that are unmovable so i i don't i did not like dorian's moves um on day one of free agency and we haven't seen him do much lately but yeah not not a lot of positivity coming out of july one man there the, you touched on so many things there <laughs> that i want to respond to but um, i know I, I have been i mean we haven't done a battle of ontario podcast we've done one this whole entire summer and we, we only did like two during the playoffs so i feel like i have to just get out a lot yeah like i have to get out a lot of information so sorry for that 15 minute answer there I, no it's I, good it's been a while I, I mean, that pretty much touched on, on all, all the points I had written down here. Um, all right, think... cool. Good podcast. Pardon? I said good podcast. We're done here. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> but I think I think your first point about the no trade clause, um, I don't <laughs> – nobody can be defending that. I didn't see anybody that was was even saying, oh, that's fine. I mean, this it's probably not going to be a big deal, but like it just – No, it's so... not exactly, but it's, it's just – it's it's needless. Like why do yeah. you why – The, you give the only – explanation i can come up with is boucher is so in love with him that he wanted him so bad that they were willing to offer it but i like i don't know was there even other teams interested in the guy and like i I mean i guess we can talk about this later as well but um like there were other options guys who were going for cheaper and some of them were wingers and i guess Ottawa wanted a center but you know they were cheap wingers that were going for a million dollars and then all of a sudden you see a guy like nate thompson who on I've seen multiple people's models like like Dom uh, like you mentioned who have him as a negative value kind of player and it's just it's just really disappointing that that's their big signing for the offseason and I found it super super interesting slash depressing that Ottawa was the only team in that graphic that had their what was it so like the players that they added were negative value and then the players that they lost were positive value so it was just completely flipped and also I, I gotta agree with with your point about it it probably won't matter that much in the end like he is signed to be a fourth line center but at the same time for a team that barely okay I mean, I mean they, they played well in the playoffs but they were a team that got a lot of luck they they probably got a lot further than they should have and they haven't really improved much so far. And I guess, like, is that going to be their big move? They just sign a fourth-line center and then say that's good? Um, I don't know. It's just kind of disappointing. And we can talk about that later, um, the lack of activity. But I don't know, just really disappointing. And I guess another another disappointing thing was last week seeing Victor Stahlberg leave for Switzerland. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, well, immediate thoughts was kind of, I don't know if this Nate Thompson signing, you know, affected that. If 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 the money was going to go to Stalberg, because there's no way you're going to be paying him 1.65. I'm pretty sure an NHL contract for him was going to be upwards of two million, maybe around that 2.3, 2.4 million range. Um, and so my immediate thoughts were, I think Dorian's decision to bring in uh, Thompson, Dorian and Boucher's decision to bring in Thompson, maybe probably affected that. See, seeing as you know. That was their priority going into July 1, and, and Victor Stahlberg seemed to be this this piece that I think they thought was, you know, we heard Dorian say at the, uh, you know, around March or April saying that, you know, guys like Tom Pyatt, Mike Condon, 
Um, you know, these guys are replaceable guys. And I think he thought that Victor Stahlberg might be a replaceable guy. He didn't sign him immediately to a to an extension like Alex Burrow. So I don't know if they valued him as much as we valued him. And and but then I looked at, you know, what Stahlberg had done for the team during the playoffs, during the, the final bit of the regular season to get them into the playoffs. And I think this is a player, this is one of those instances where you watch him play and you think that guy's a big body. He skates like the friggin' wind. He has pretty good hands. Uh, seems like a great team guy. Uh, you know, is is completely fearless and just looks like a really, really solid hockey player. Like, he, you look at guys like that and you just think, that is a guy I would like to play on a line with. Like, that's a really damn good hockey player. But then you look at his stats and he didn't score in the playoffs. He scored, I believe, one goal during his time with the Senators. He had two I think assists. He had two. He had so. two. Anyways, yeah. So he had he, <laughs> Big difference. Two assists in the entire playoffs in 17 games played. He was a minus eight. He had pretty brutal possession numbers, actually. He was, I believe, Tom Pyatt and Chris Kelly, or Chris Kelly only played one game. Tom Tom Pyatt and a couple other guys like um, Pajot and Turris were like the only ones uh, below Stahlberg on, on the, the charts I was throwing up there. So I, I'm not sure that his impact on the team was exactly what, you know what resembled the positivity we were hearing from Sen's Twitter, from Silver Seven, from you know the from the overall media thinking that you know Victor Stahlberg they need to bring him back. Like I saw, I, I saw mainstream media guys like Ian Mendez say they need to bring Stahlberg back. I saw analytics guys from Ottawa and from elsewhere saying the centers really need to bring Victor Stahlberg back. So I think it was in consensus that they needed to bring him back, but I'm not sure that he had the impact that everyone thought he was. And also looking at it. He's, uh, excuse me, he's turning, I believe, 30, um, uh, 32 very soon. No, 30, 30, he'll be turning 32 next season. So, and, you know, during that playoff run, he did have a, I think he ran into a couple of injuries, multiple injuries. So I, I just don't think it's as, as big of a loss as other people think. And I think that it's a, ne- it's overall, it is a negative impact bringing Thompson in and letting Stahlberg go but it's not as big as we're, we're making it out to be. Right, and those are all fair points, but, um, and Stahlberg isn't really gonna be the difference between Ottawa being a great team, or a good team and a great team, but I think you'd have to agree you'd rather have Stahlberg than Thompson, than no, Pyatt, even... and even, even Alex Burroughs. Yeah, no, of course, it's not, I don't think that's even a competition, I'm just saying yeah. that, um, yes, they made a, they made a wrong decision, but it's not something that is catastrophic. No. Uh, the who knows? I mean, also if if you're adding, here's what I'm thinking too. So once you've signed Thompson, do you actually think that? So no, you know, looking past that mistake and saying, okay, we've got to deal with this right now. Do you actually think that bringing Stahlberg on was actually going to be, you know, probably a a good impact on the team? for the next season and going into the future because he's probably not going to want a one-year deal. He's probably going to want something like two or three year, three, uh, two or three years. And you've got guys like Colin White. You've got um, a guy like Nick Paul that they probably want to play in the NHL next year. You've got younger guys that probably are going to play, be able to play on this team. And it, it, you've also got to sign Eric Carlson, right? Like we, you have priorities in the future. And also, once you sign Thompson, once you say you're bringing back a certain amount of guys. I don't think they had room for him to be completely honest. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned that because that sort of argument is eerily similar to what people said when uh, they let Eric Condra go. And 
I think that's all that's all totally valid. Um, and and it just brings me back to the the point I mentioned before about that that's fine that they you know they want to keep spots open and they want to have some money available but it's just about picking the wrong guy oh, right? yeah, exactly like, it, it totally yeah. went to the wrong space I, I completely agree with that but it's just uh, my, my point is just that you know <clears throat> if we're looking at this from an analytics standpoint you've got to sign Ryan Dezingle you've got to sign Jean-Gary Otajo for this year right you've got to sign him for yeah. this year you're, you're a cap team uh, that is 10, uh, 10 million dollars right now below the <clears throat> the projected uh, that that's their projected cap space right now. I just don't think that once you sign Nate Thompson, once we say okay, we can't do anything about that anymore. I just don't. I I don't think it was the wrong decision to let him go or to not, uh, you know, uh, give him a certain a deal, two point three, two point four million dollars, whatever. I think that staying standing pack was the right decision after you've made that Thompson mistake. Yeah, yeah, I agree. After, in the situation that you're in right now, it's it's defensible. Um, obviously, if they could have changed things in the past, that'd be different. But, you know, it's not the end of the world that they let him go. Um, now, Thompson was the only uh, NHL free agent that Ottawa signed so far. Um, but most fans wanted them to see at least maybe one better depth option. Was there anyone that you wish they had gotten on July 1st or since then? Oh, my God. Um... I mean, can we get Joe Thornton? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. There were uh, there were only really a, a, a handful of guys that I that I liked and that also fell into the category that I thought were possible, right? So you've got a guy like uh, Benoit Pouliot or, you know, in that category. So I don't know. There wasn't – I went into free agency thinking that the good things that were going to happen were that – the Senators would not sign Tanner Glass. They uh, Chris Neal will be picked up by like the Nashville Predators. Um, they probably wouldn't sign a guy like Nate Thompson to the to the deal that they did. And maybe they pick up a guy that analytics guys like that is going to sign a one year deal that for nine hundred thousand dollars that'll play on your fourth line and score you you know ten or fifteen goals like uh, like a a Parento kind of guy. Or I, I was hoping for that. I, I didn't think it was realistic, but. I just I went in with very small um, expectations and I came out just a bit disappointed, right? Like it wasn't it was kind of one of those free agencies. I mean, I think I saw you tweet out that you know this this is a list of guys that the Senators have yeah. um, have signed over the past like friggin' ten years or something like that. And I I brought up that point as well when they were you know looking at waivers and because they just they really don't tend to sign guys. I mean, I, I look back at the last five or six years. And off the top of my head, and I don't, I don't have the list right in front of me, but off the top of my head, if you were to ask me who's the biggest guy they signed at a free agency, my, I immediately go to David Legwand. <laughs> and that's not a good sign when you're looking yeah. for your team to make a splash on free agency. They're not Toronto. They're not San Jose. They are not the New York Rangers. They aren't, they're not a big club with contracts able to move around and with a lot of money and with a lot of – and the other thing too, the one, the one thing I really want to make clear is that – I don't think it's given enough. Um, it's given enough impact that not every player wants to come and live in Ottawa. They don't. When, and so, you know, I, yeah. I don't think it's. I don't think the team is a problem. Is that much of a problem anymore? I think, to be honest, I think Guy Boucher's 
system actually might be pushing some guys away rather than bringing them in other than bringing in his own guys i think so that i think that might be a factor some of the for some like the superstars that you probably wouldn't get anyways but i i don't know like it's there's taxes there's living in um you know north of the united states it gets friggin cold here um there was all that media attention for the fans not showing up to games so it's not exactly the most attractive place to play in the nhl i think it's getting better and i think eric carlson is definitely helping that And i think having a a semi-elite goaltender and craig anderson and guys like you know uh mark stone and mike hoffman they're definitely helping that something that they didn't really have two or three years ago but it's just not exactly the los angeles of the nhl no and, and you definitely have to factor that in and um, you know, you look at guys that signed for around one million and Camilleri, Benoit Puglia, UC Jokinen, guys like that. And I want Camilleri. Yeah, Camilleri would have been nice. Um, and, and those guys, I, Jokinen actually did sign in Edmonton, so I think <clears throat> that is comparable. I think they could have had him for a similar price. I believe he signed at one point one, and it's like, I mean, Jokinen isn't signing there because Edmonton is a is a really nice city, and I guess yeah. no, maybe we know why he's, he's signing him. there because yeah. of McDavid. But then you could also make the argument that Ottawa has Carlson. So, and you know what? Even even if they're not lining up to come to Ottawa, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars more can make a big difference. Like if they gave one point six to any of those three guys I mentioned, I wouldn't be surprised if they signed there. Like money is usually the the deciding factor, and yeah. that's that's really not that much. In let me in ask comparison. you a question about them. Um, uh... Uh, just like the, on the topic of signing UFAs and 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 the you know the things that bring them to places, do you think playing as a forward? So say you're UC Okanen, do you think playing with a guy like Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid, a forward like a star forward, um, that you're probably not going to be playing on a line with, is more enticing than going to a team with a star defenseman, an offensive defenseman like Eric Carlson? that you'd probably get a lot of minutes with because he plays 30 and he plays with a lot of different forward core. Like, I, I think going to a team with Brent Burns or an Eric Carlson, if I'm a forward in my la- the latter stages of my career, I think that's more enticing than playing with Connor McDavid, to could be completely be. honest. If I'm a yeah. me kind of guy, you know? Yeah, no, it, it definitely could be. And so, I mean, that's an argument for why Ottawa could be signing some of these guys. And I, I think it's really funny that, you know, there's some people that, like on July 1st, um, I was obviously pretty upset at um, what Ottawa did with signing Thompson and, and not doing anything else. And obviously uh, other people were as well. And, you know, you sometimes get called out on that by, by fans saying, oh, like, you, you should be happy with what you have. And, like, Thompson's a good signing. And, like, I, I guess you as well. You had very little expectations, and so did I. Like, I just, you know, I was hoping for – a top nine winger for like one to two million dollars i would have been happy if they had just signed that and maybe you know traded cody cc which is never going to happen but you know uh, you get this you get called out for for this negativity and i was setting the bar pretty low and, and they didn't even pass that so i i guess you do have to factor in that ottawa isn't I guess on top of people's lists, but like I said, money money can change things, and I don't know they didn't they didn't really take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> at this point, I think I think Guy Boucher had a you know we we look at that uh, <clears throat> excuse me sorry about this uh, the 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 trade deadline you know Guy Boucher said I had a grocery list and Pierre brought me you know, he went to the grocery store and he brought back 
all that I wanted. So I'm yeah. thinking that uh, I mean I, I you know Pierre Dorian he hired Guy Boucher, he signed Mike Hoffman to that deal. He's done a lot of things on his own, but this is kind of I think this summer is kind of depicting what the their relationship is turning into, right? Like I, I think Guy Boucher has a lot more say than we than you know we kind of think. I think that yeah. Um, <clears throat> because it's so it's such a the atmosphere in Ottawa and you know when they change the signs in the dressing room and when the players kind of talk like the coach like it is Guy Boucher's team more than it is Eric Carlson's team I think it's more Guy Boucher's team than it is Danny Alfredson Pierre Dorian all these guys that have had an influence in Ottawa uh, you know the past five or six years or whatever I, I think that Guy Boucher has come in and it's not necessarily a bad thing um, especially if you make it to the Eastern Conference Finals in your first year but he this is definitely Guy Boucher's team more than anyone else I think yeah, I, I don't really like that. Um, I mean, I <laughs> obviously I'm still gonna trust him. He he, like you said, they took him to the Eastern Conference Final. But I mean, that can change quickly. You know, if they if they have one bad season, yeah, you, they're not even a lock to make the playoffs. Like if they miss the playoffs, then then all bets are off. But um, you know, I I'll I'll at least trust them for a bit. Um, but I I don't know. I just I just really don't like uh, what this off season has been so far. Um, and, and what is your take on, on the lack of activity from Pierre Dorian this summer? It, it sort of felt like he was going to do something to try to improve the team, um, but instead they, they've been pretty quiet. Yeah, I don't know. I, <clears throat> to be completely honest, I felt like he wasn't going to do anything. Um, I think that after you see all this success from the group that you have, and, and you know, Bobby Ryan said two days before they were eliminated and the day after they were eliminated and on locker cleanout day that this is the best group of guys I've ever played with and uh, I, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. Please don't take my players away from me. Like, it's just like, play, sorry, teammates. Um, <clears throat> it, it feels like because of the way they played and because of, you know, the comebacks and the resiliency and getting past injuries and, and how much they loved each other and, and how much this team really came together. I just, by the end of it, I just felt like they were going to lose a couple of guys. They were going to lose Chris Kelly, Chris Neal. Um, hopefully Clark McArthur would come back, but that was another guy that might leave. And that they were going to see two new faces and you're going to drop a guy uh, to Las Vegas. Like that's, I, I didn't see a lot of changes coming in this off season. I, I saw a lot, a hell of a lot of changes coming last off season. Um, and and this this off season I really I, I prepared to have a very boring off season go to the cottage a bunch you know take some <laughs> vacation time work a lot at the the radio station and I I'm looking through my tweets right now I haven't tweeted since July first like that's how this, <laughs> what, what's the date date it's the sixteenth right like I don't think I've ever had a streak like that before and I tweeted like twice in late June like it, yeah it's, it's been I'm not complaining to be completely honest like. If anyone knows what I was doing to the, during the playoff run, they know that I was basically working 20-hour um, days without get, you know, getting paid much. It was, all the videos were kind of like you know, my, uh, my own creations and, and for Silver 7 I'm for myself. And then you know, the, it's just the playoffs completely engulfed me. And, and when it was done, I was ready for hockey to be over for four months straight. So uh, Trevor, I, I got to tell you, I am – I'm not disappointed at all if they if the arbitration hearings are the only thing I hear about until training camp starts. I'm a happy guy to be completely honest. I needed a friggin' break, man. <laughs> and that that's fair. You need a break, but I mean, is that are you fine in like? No, no, no. God, no. as no, being no, a I... fan, like you're 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 not fine with uh, 
like the product on the ice? Um, no, I, they, I, they definitely needed to do more than they did. And I think they needed to, like, if you make a, one signing on July 1st, I'm fine with that, but it can't be Nate Thompson, right? Yeah. Like, I, I think that they didn't need to do a lot this summer. I think that you have Colin White coming in, you have Thomas Shabbat coming in. I would have, uh, you know, loved to see a trade on the defense to see either Cody Cece or Dion Furnuff switched for whatever the hell you want to get for them. Um, because you have these pieces moving in, because Freddie Clayson is Freddie Clayson now, because Chris Weidman's probably going to bounce back, because Thomas Shabbat's going to probably be able to play in your top four. Like you have a lot of things on the defense that enabled you to, you know, have guys in your own organization kind of move up uh, a bit in the ranks. You had Colin Wright coming on to the forwards that who, you know, I, I kind of think is actually going to start in Belleville this year. Um, oh, I do too. Along with uh, uh, with Nick Paul and. You know, maybe they maybe they actually sign a guy like frig I don't know like um, like a Kelly type that's not Chris Kelly so I I, I don't know I, I I don't think you needed to do a lot but I think they they kind of they flubbed it on the the Thompson signing and I think they they should not have done more but they should have done better you know yeah um well I mean speaking of that let, let's move to the next point do you think that this team is capable of repeating the success that they had in 2016 17. Uh, would I place my bet on it? Probably not. Um, but I think they're a, they are a playoff team. They're, they I don't know. They might not make the playoffs, but they are a, a playoff caliber team. Uh, they can probably win around. I'm kind of at the, the exact same position I was um, in kind of you know late March last year when I said this team can can win two playoff rounds, but they're not a they're not a contender. Um, I'm still waiting for Craig Anderson to come down off this this you know this pedestal we put him on and um, with his style of play and I I, I, yeah. I I feel like that any year right now um, and I've been saying it for a long time so you know thankfully I've been wrong for a very long time but with his style of play with how old he is and with you know him not being able to move very well I feel like they you know you really need either um, Marcus Hogberg to step up and you know, come in, in the next two or three years and be that outstanding goalie, or you need to plan for the future. I, I think there's a lot of different things. You know, a MacArthur injury could could really screw them over. Um, Bobby Ryan returning to being, you know, the Bobby Ryan of the past three or four years. Like, there's a lot of things that can simply bring them back to being the 2015-16 Ottawa Senators uh, when they're really striving to be that 2016-17 Ottawa Senators. The one thing I will say that I'm actually kind of not excited about, but I, I think that will actually will be very good for the team is that. Now that they've played an entire year in Guy Boucher's system, and now it, it was definitely not a consistent uprising that we saw in Nashville, where they started off they started off playing horrible hockey in October, and every single month they got like a lot better, a lot better possession-wise, they got a lot better goal-wise, uh, you know, playing with a bunch of different teammates and in a, a new system. Like Nashville, really, there wasn't a single month that you didn't say, "Wow, this team's come together a lot since the past month." Ottawa, it, it was it was a, a bit less. Um, a bit less dramatic the changes but we did see them improve uh, I, I thought every single month and especially when they turned that on in, in, in the Boston series so I'm really excited to see if this team can actually be not a possession giant like the Boston Bruins or the LA Kings but if they can play 51% you know Corsi hockey or if, if we can say that they come out in October and they they're healthy and they have contributions from guys that they weren't getting contributions from in the regular season, and they play consistent, solid hockey. And you know, maybe they're not leading the division come March. Maybe they're around the sixth or seventh spot, but they're playing hockey that fans can kind of, you know, sit back in the third period and be like, "This lead is safe. 
Uh, they're going to keep pushing forward, and, and they're going to play hockey that fans can kind of get behind and maybe, for the love of God, score more goals. Like, <laughs> I, I I think Guy Boucher has come in, and I've sung his praise for a very long time. But I think they need to be a bit more exciting during the regular season next season. And I think that – I think Guy Boucher understands that too. I think that this year was totally a moving parts kind of year, a a year where they really, you know – get their feet underneath them and, and, and start running, but they, it, they had to start, right? You, you had to get the ball moving, um, and, and they, they've done that. They've had a full 365 days to do that. So this year is the, is the year that they, the system is – they're not. no one's learning it anymore. No one's learning anything. They're simply uh, adding on to it. Other players have to step up, and uh, I'm really excited to see if this team can improve just by simply having that time off um, having that first year under their belt in the new regime um, and coming back and playing solid hockey in October. Right. I, I think that's fair to expect, um, I guess, some improvement uh, possession-wise uh, just because of familiarity with Boucher. Um, but, you know, having said that, you said earlier that they, they're they going to have to rely on a bunch of things, and that, in, that includes MacArthur being healthy, uh, Ryan playing like he can in the playoffs. Craig Anderson, to me, is the biggest one just because – we have no idea how he's going to age. Like for the past few seasons, we've kind of thought that he's going to fall off a cliff at some point. He hasn't yet, so I mean, I'm not going to bet against him just yet. Um, but a couple of the other things that they really have to rely on are Freddie Kleisen taking over Mark Mathot. I, I don't think that'll be much of an issue, but that's that's still something. And I feel like they're really going to have to have Thomas Shabbat um, be a, a really solid defenseman because. I mean, I don't think anyone would say that Ottawa's defense was, like, above average last year. It was maybe average at points, but with that second pairing of, of Phaneuf and CeCe, it's it's hard to be really good. So even if Shabbat is on the third pairing with, with Chris Weidman or, you know, if if I guess if he plays with Phaneuf on, and Phaneuf goes on his offside or whatever, he's going to have to make a real impact if they actually want to get better. Um, because I, I really don't see where they're going to improve from last year. I mean, Thompson is, is pretty much, I guess, a wash from Kelly. He's, he's slightly better, but but Kelly wasn't even playing in the playoffs anyway. So I don't know. I, I am a bit worried. I am a bit worried also about the um, other teams in the division getting better. You know, Tampa, I think they're due for a bounce back. I don't think they're as bad as they, they were at the end of the season. Uh, you know Toronto that they're young team like I just feel like they're inevitably inevitably gonna get better it's I don't know it's it'll be it won't be easy getting back to where they were last year so I mean honestly anything could happen I could see them missing the playoffs I could also see them getting back to the conference finals so they got a, a lot of variance this team yeah I mean totally everything you touched on and um, the, I'm going to touch on a couple of things here. The one thing I'm super intrigued about is who's going to be scratched night in and night out on the yeah. defense, right? Like if and, and we heard uh, Pierre Dorian a couple of weeks ago say, didn't he have that quote about Thomas Chabot saying that he was like totally NHL floor. ready and that he's yeah, that, or that he's definitely going to step in or whatever? I, I don't know. But either way, there's a ton of confidence in this this guy. Um, so I, I just feel like he's actually a full time NHLer. So if that happens, then you're looking at and and the other thing too that I'm really I, I think that could make or break them you know playing well in the regular season and making the playoffs is if Gibouche commits to having Freddie Clayson play with Eric Carlson other than you know either moving Phaneuf up 
or moving a guy like oh my god like Boro up that that <laughs> that, that well Pierre hey just don't don't uh, don't count it out now Pierre Dorian yeah. touched on that in the uh, in the very start of the off season right um, that's uh, there's it's definitely not out of the cards is definitely a, a, an option here so I think the way that Guy Boucher handles the defense because I don't think anyone's moving in or moving out um, I, I think that has a huge impact on their regular season as a whole yeah. and, and, and the 82 games that they have to come out with you know 42 or 43 wins with and and you know how many games is Mark Borbieski going to get scratched how many games is Chris Weidman going to get scratched how many games is Freddie Clayson going to get scratched are they going to play Thomas Shabbat as, as a full-time uh, defenseman like that's 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 the biggest on my mind and just to touch on the other teams in the conference like that's one of the things that I and I don't, I don't really like looking at the, the division saying that oh you know there's there's three there's three spots up for up for grabs now nah, you can get one of the uh, sorry excuse me one of the the final wild cards and still play well that I mean you could you could grab Montreal in the first round like the New York Rangers did right so that's it's it, it's just it's not out of the question them getting into the playoffs no matter how they do and then moving on to the Eastern Conference final. I think just making the playoffs again is the goal. So if you're looking at that, I mean Detroit's the only team I think in the division. I, I count Buffalo in this too. Like I think they're uh, an improved team when Jack Eichel is uh, in is healthy. They had a great record when he was healthy last season. So I believe that Tampa's going to win the division next season and Toronto's going to be the second team there because I mean. If Freddie, if they get solid play from Freddie Anderson, I don't know what's stopping them. Like maybe they're slightly below average defense. Like they've still got great defensemen that can um, that can move the puck, right? So I think that it's next year. Sense sense fans, you know, better look out for the Leafs because it's it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be a very solid team. And that that God that forward core scares me. It really really scares me. I mean, I mean, hockey is a, a strong link game, as I learned at the hockey at Vancouver Hockey Analytics Conference a few months ago. Um, and they have, you know, Matthews, Marner, Nylander. Those top three are just extremely scary. Um, and I mean, Ottawa has guys around in that range with Stone, Hoffman, Turris, but I, I really don't think any of them are. Well, I know I shouldn't say any of them, but Matthews is the best out of the three, and Ottawa doesn't have a forward as good as Matthews, so. Definitely, yeah. they're they're a scary team to look out for. Of course, how long was that conference? Ooh, six hours, maybe. I heard the one in Ottawa was like, like they got there at like eight a.m. or something like that, and they were still like they were still around in the building when the Sens were playing the Penguins. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if this is true, but that yeah, that was during like... the uh, one of the week um, weekend afternoon games. Yeah, so afternoon was it? Or. I thought it was the what? first game, and that was a night game. Uh, no, yeah. I think it was at three Eastern. All right, fine. But either way, they were there for a very long time. I don't know if I can. I mean, I I love the analytics as much as the next nerd, but I'm not that big of a nerd. <laughs> That's fair. <clears throat> um, so obviously, it's it's uh we've touched on the fact that it's been a disappointing uh off season so far for the Sens. Um, and and Doran hasn't made a big trade yet so far this summer. Um, do you think he'll eventually do something uh, or just do you think he's not going to do a single trade at all before training camp? No, no, nothing's nope. happening. Um, no, Pajot's going to get his arbitration hearing. Ryan Dezingle's going to get his arbitration hearing. Probably, what do you think, like four, four million is going to come out of that in total? Yeah. Um, and that's going to be it. And we're, they're going to have a decision on Chris Kelly. 
Uh, we're going to find out where Chris Neal goes. Uh, we're going to hopefully hear that Derek Broussard and Eric Carlson are good to go for training camp. And that's going to be about it. And <laughs> I mean, there's going to be a lot of great storylines heading into training camp. And I'm super excited to, to cover all that and, you know, to talk to the new guys and to see, you know, how this team is going to play out, who's going to play with who, what the bottom six is going to look like, what, uh, you know, how Craig Anderson is feeling uh, next year, hopefully, hopefully his family's doing well, and if Mike Condon is and Andrew Hammond, all this. So there's so many different storylines. I, I love it, but it's just we're gonna have to wait two more months. What, what is it, July? Yeah, we're gonna have to wait two more months to talk about everything. Like, just for training just, camp. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, it's gonna be a very, very dull, boring, uh, quiet summer. And you know, tune into Silver Seven for that under 25, top whatever 25 thing because. That's going to be about the only noteworthy thing going on in Ottawa this season. I, uh, and, it's, and it's, I have no expectations whatsoever. Callum, don't forget the Sens Twitter bracket as well. We're only in round of 16 after this. Oh, yeah. I think <laughs> I've won my first round, haven't I? Uh, yeah, yeah. You're uh, voting close in a few hours, but yeah. you'll. Fantastic. Thanks yeah. a lot, fans. Round two. <laughs> it was your Myrtle one, I think. The, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a good you one. You guys are going to get me in even more trouble now. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um... All right, well, I think we can finish it up there. Is there uh, anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, I don't know that I'm excited to go to Nova Scotia soon. I'm excited to go to a couple cottages, and uh, I don't know, man. Like, it's just I've been completely mellow this summer, and <laughs> I've barely looked on Twitter at all. Like, I, I think I my notifications, if I look at, like, the first four or five notifications, there's, like, a like on my tweet from yesterday, like a reply, and then there's, like, a like from my tweet 16 days ago so <laughs> that's about how my summer's been going i can't complain though needed the rest um and i'm ramping up for i'm excited for early october and uh who knows i, I think i've been uh, i think i might do a couple of articles for silver seven may dig into a couple prospects but other than that like i think we all needed the rest <laughs> like that that was i don't think there was a lot of sense i mean you went to uh, where did you go to i was in europe for a month yeah, so you were in Europe for a month. Adnan went to Europe. James. Uh, Mike, Mike went, Mike Gosens Go 101 or whatever, went to like the Bahamas or something, or Cuba. Yeah. Like, everyone just pl- completely thought that we were going to be doing nothing in like maybe even like late April, right? Or yeah. like early May. It was going to be maybe, a, maybe a, a tough game seven loss against the Bruins and then you know, obviously everyone knows what transpired so that, I, I obviously wouldn't trade that for the end of the world, but um, it's just I think everyone needs a rest. I don't think everyone's recuperated already. I think we need another month or month or so. Yeah, hey man, uh, you can uh, take the next couple months off. Uh, you just thank you it, so, so much, Trevor. Wow. Sit back and relax, and uh, I don't know, just keep voting on the Sense Twitter bracket. I really appreciate that. <laughs> All right, well, uh, thanks for being the top regular on the show. Yeah, what is this? My fourth time or something? Fourth time, yeah. You're the this only is my time. fourth time here. Well, thank you I a lot, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you want me to come on, I know I'm not exactly uh, the most interesting fella, but uh, we get by. We have a good conversations. No, it's always good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ben. As I wrap it up, reminder that you can find the Cost Per Pointcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, and you can rate and review in those places as well. If you don't already, for some reason, you can follow me on Twitter at ShaqTS and read my articles at Silver7Sends. Not exactly sure when the next episode will be or what it'll be about, but I'll figure something out soon. That's all for me. Peace.